0: All right, how are we feeling, exchange? Let's go. Man, I'm ready to roll tonight. My name is Mark. I get the privilege of leading our college young adult and some of our ministries here at Grace Family Church. I just want to say shout out and welcome to all of our first timers. Come on, put your hands together. Anyone here for the first time? Super, super glad you are here. And like the team mentioned, we're going into our fifth week of a series that we've called Deep Clean. Anybody been enjoying this series so far? Anybody think it's pretty good? Chrissy Mayer brought an incredible word last week. And I do wanna say this, 39 people made a decision to accept Jesus into their heart. Come on, let's put our hands together for that. God is moving, God is moving. And I'm excited because I believe he's gonna continue to move tonight. And I wanna talk about a topic that's obviously been keeping us from moving forward in purpose. Something that is in each and every one of us, whether you wanna acknowledge it or accept it, it lives within you. I kinda wanna just kick it back uh, to Mark back in high school. Um, It's kind of embarrassing. It's gonna be a little humiliating. Um, Hey, we should have have had y'all, we should have had your phones collected at the door. (laughs) No photos, no photos of that, please. And you can leave that photo up there. I'm I'm just going to humble myself a little bit. Look at that boy. What is on his head? What's up with them lips? That boy looked like he got lip filler. (laughs) I could just crack on myself for a second. But you see that mark right there, he was pretty prideful. About 10 years ago when I was in high school, I was prideful. You you see the photo, obviously. Look at that guy. He could get any girl, right? He, He should be prideful. Had no reason to be prideful. That boy looked hurt. <laughs> so here's the thing: I was super, super prideful, and I remember walking into school. And one of the things I always prided myself, for I had a lot of pride in, was my shoe game. I was a huge sneakerhead. I had literally every Jordan under the sun, and I would literally pride myself in shoes. Like that was my thing. Like people just knew: Oh, Mark got shoes. Like Mark got shoe game. And that was my thing. And I remember one day, one of my best friends um, in high school, he's actually here tonight. Um, His name is Shane. He's a great friend of mine. And I remember Shane walks into school one day, and Shane was already the cool kid. Everyone loved Shane. He was the starting quarterback of the football team, the well-known guy. I'm going to just say, Shane, I love you. You're a jock, but yeah. And I remember Shane walks into school one day, and... What did he have on his feet? He had the brand new Space Jams. Everybody's looking at Shane like, okay, Shane, I see you, Shane. They're gassing up Shane. And I'm like, I see you, Shane. All right, Shane. I walk over to Shane's locker, step on his shoe. Buddy looks at me like, you don't know what you just did. I'm like, yo, chill, right? ain't nothing. He's like, bro, you just stepped on my shoe. I'm like, come on, come on, Shane. It was a joke, but bro, you just stepped on my shoe. Back up, Mark. I'm like, hold on, wait getting serious he's like back up mark i'm like what you want to do shane shane cocks his hand back slaps me across the face and you can see i used to wear glasses at the time so i had this ray-ban imprint on the side of my cheek from being slapped so hard but i share that story because the truth of it is this if we don't pursue humility we will end up humiliated If we don't pursue humility, we will end up humiliated. And the truth of it is this, as we lean into our talk tonight, all throughout the Bible, we see that God tells us to pursue humility. He tells us to forbid pride, to stare clear of pride and pursue humility. And today I want to talk to you about pride. I want to talk about a topic of pride, the prison of pride. And I know some of you in the room are like, ah, oh, I didn't didn't want to come to church to hear about pride. Why is he talking about pride? But I want you to understand, pride will keep you from your purpose. Pride will forever crush your character. Pride will destroy your destiny. And that's why we're going to lean into this talk tonight because pride is the most deadly sin. And we have to make a decision to kill pride daily. You see, the definition of pride is this, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. I love what Jesus's brother says in James chapter four. He says this, that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace and favor to the humble. Verse seven, so so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm gonna skip down to verse 10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You see, the truth of it is this, guys. God won't bless someone who's prideful. God won't bless those who are prideful. And I love this verse because in verse eight, you would see God, he draws a clear distinction or a connection between those who are prideful and the enemy he draws a clear connection right there in that moment and you know this to be true pride is the thing that made the enemy the enemy you see if you didn't know this satan before he was the enemy to god he was an angel created to worship god he was a worship leader his name was lucifer but the thing about the enemy is, sin entered his heart, Pride entered into his heart, and instead of worshiping God, he wanted to be worshipped. Pride set in. So now he became the enemy, and you see, the thing about it is, is pride now becomes this God complex, where we believe we can be our own savior of some sort. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He said it was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is a complete anti-God state of mind. You see, pride is self-worship. Pride is self-worship. And I know this to be true about pride. Pride shows up in everyone's life, myself included. Whether we wanna acknowledge it or not, it lives within us. And I feel like I need to say this because I know there's someone in the room tonight that's already written off this message like, bro, I didn't come to church to hear about pride. And you're already writing off this message. This message has nothing to do with me. I don't need to hear about pride. I want you to pause and check yourself because that's pride. I want you to pause and check yourself because that is pride. You see, pride hides. Pride hides. Pride isn't always an outward expression. We all know the person that lives their life on 10, right? That person that's like, don't forget, my birthday's next week. We all know that person, right? Like, yo, don't forget my birthday is, you didn't remember my birthday, what? I was just at lunch with my friends the other day and my buddy was like, yo, what's my birthday? I'm like, bro, I know your birthday, don't mess with me. He's like, for real, what's my birthday? I'm like, I don't know your birthday, I'm sorry. (laughs) But for real, we all know those people that are like super into themselves, super self-centered. I know that this is true about pride. Pride isn't limited to an outward expression. It isn't always the person that feels like they need to be the life of the party, the person that lives their life on 10, the person that needs to just be the hype man of everything. No, pride sometimes is low key. Pride sometimes is low key. You see, pride hides and for someone in the room, your pride has led you to anxiety. You see, you came up with this notion that at 22, I'd be in a serious relationship. By 24, I would be married. And now you're 26 years old and you're like, God, how could you be in the midst of this? God, what are you doing? God, I told you, by this age, I was gonna be married. But but you're building your life off of your own agenda instead of the agenda that God has for you. You see, that's pride. And I want us to all understand pride, is in each and every one of us. I'm gonna keep saying that because I feel like some of us feel like we're exempt from this topic. And for someone in the room tonight, maybe pride has led you to doubt. Doubt in the fact that there could be a God. Doubt in the fact that there could be a savior of all of the world and all of humanity. And let me tell you why your pride is leading to doubt. Because you believe you can save your own soul. You have a savior complex. You believe it's all about me. I can control my destiny. I'm in control of my life. See, that's what pride will do to you. Because pride will continue to lie to you. And pride will continue to take you out from the will of God. And the truth is this. We can't acknowledge God. We can't worship God. We can't honor God wholeheartedly if we are filled with pride. I love this quote. I'm going to keep referencing C.S. Lewis. He says, a proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you are looking down on people, you can't see someone or something that's above you. I'm going to say that again. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you are looking down, you can't see something or someone that is above you. I want to go straight to it. You see, you can't faithfully follow God. You can't faithfully surrender your heart to Jesus if you are filled with pride. And pride shows up in so many different ways. It shows up in anger. It shows up in controlling behavior. It shows up in what we call elitism, where you have this superiority complex. It shows up in materialism, where you've made your life a life that is just driven to achieve and receive things so you can lord that over people. You see, pride shows up and it also shows up in criticism. You're overly critical of people. I I think with all of those isms, I gotta address the elephant in the room. Pride has led to one of the greatest things that's destroying our nation today, and it's called racism. You see, pride destroys, pride corrupts, and pride kills. And the thing about pride is pride is caught, pride is taught, it stems from insecurities stems from hurts, it stems from past experiences, it stems from a lack of knowing your purpose, it stems from a lack of your identity, it stems from all of these different things. And I'll say this for Gen Z and the millennials, this is something that is real because pride, pride comes from this place where we desire to be accepted and we are constantly searching for approval. That's the truth of pride. We just wanna be accepted. So we feel like we gotta be somebody that we weren't created to be. We wanna be approved. So we feel like we've gotta be someone we weren't created to be. I wanna tell somebody today, you don't have to search for approval. You can live from the approval that God has put on your life. You don't have to search for acceptance. You have been accepted by a heavenly father. He's pursuing you and he calls you his own. You don't need to be in pursuit of that. He's spoken it over your life. And you could believe that in your heart tonight. That God has said that directly to you. I love this story in the Bible. It's a story that we read in Luke chapter 18. And it's a story of two people. Jesus is actually speaking to a group of prideful individuals called the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees, they, they knew the word of God. They knew the whole Old Testament. They were very religious. They were devout followers of the word of God and the law. And they were overly prideful and boastful in their righteousness. Now, here in this moment, you would see in Luke 18 where a man who's a Pharisee, actually, he's getting ready to go to the temple. And this would be the place that God's presence would remain at that time. So you have a Pharisee, he's getting ready to head to a temple. And then you have another man who was a tax collector. And the tax collector, he was despised. The tax collector, their job was literally to obviously collect the taxes of all of the citizens. And the thing about tax collectors, they would overtax people. They would take more money than they actually should have been rightfully taking from people. They would overcharge people. They would steal from people. They were prideful. They wanted to leverage and lord their wealth over individuals. So you see these two individuals, they're getting ready to head to this temple and Jesus, he's now speaking to a group of Pharisees. He says this in verse 10. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like the other people. The cheaters, the sinners, the adulterers, I'm certainly not like the tax collector. Verse 12, I fast twice a week, which is more than I actually need to, and I give you a tenth of my income. You see in this moment, the Pharisee's pride is on full display was prideful about his righteousness he he looked down on others he belittled other people but this interests me because this is the very same man who knew the word of God right it's the very same man who knew the law who knew the word of God and some of you right now are just thinking about the Pharisee in your life the thou so holy person right we all know that person that's always boasting in their wisdom and their relationship with God, like they got Jesus's personal cell phone number or something like, we all know that person, the thou so holy person. I, I want to just kind of like pause here and say this though, because this was kind of like pressing me as I was thinking about this. I want to give like a disclaimer to anyone who has a relationship with Jesus. You see, thou so holy individuals, they never help the body of Christ. I just need to say that because I I hear it, I see it, I feel it all the time. Thou so holy individuals, they never help the body of Christ. You see, your faith isn't meant to be lorded over people. Our hope as Jesus followers should be that people can already see it before we even say it. I I just feel like I need to say that because that's something that's so common in in the young adult ministry and in our church that we feel like we need to be thou so holy people. But tonight, here's what I, I don't want us to focus on. When I mention the word pride, I'm sure your mind goes to the thou so holy person or someone else. I I don't want you to think about the Pharisee that you know. I don't want you to think about someone else. I want you to think about the Pharisee within your heart. I want you to think about the pride within your heart. Let's focus on our own pride tonight. And I just kind of want to paint the scene because this is how pride shows up in our life. I, I wonder, have you ever been like hypercritical of people or judgmental or just start going into a spell where you're just constantly putting people down. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves. Like, we've all been in that space where we're judging people and hypercritical and looking down on others. That's because of pride. That's because of pride. You see, there's moments where we become dominant. We become extra dominant. We start bossing people around. We start throwing around our work titles, our job titles and lording that over people to remind them who we are, to remind them that we're in a position of power. I I think about this, It it shows up in marriage. Can I be real? It shows up in my marriage. When I say I'm the man of the house, my word goes. I gotta check myself because that's pride. That's pride. I even think about this, false humility. False humility, that's an image of pride. When someone's like, yo, you did a great job. I used to do this all the time. So I walk off the pulpit after I'm done speaking. Bro, you did an incredible job. Great message. Oh my gosh, that was insane. Cool. I'm like, oh, praise God. Glory to God. Man, it was the power and presence of the spirit of God. It wasn't me. Bro, it's okay to just say thank you. It's okay to just receive it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it weird. Don't make it more than it needs to be. That's False humility. That's pride, that's pride. I even think about this, how it shows up in our lives where we become overly eager to defend our truth. This is my truth. This is what I believe, therefore it is right. Check your pride. What about when someone's motive is always to prove other people wrong? You know those people, like every conversation, they're out there to just prove you wrong. They're out there to make you look foolish in front of others. They're prideful. Or maybe that's even you. But here's the truth. That all comes from the desire to raise ourselves and be superior to other people. Wait, well, pride, it, it could also look like this. Like, let's just be real Gen Z millennials. We see it on Instagram all the time. Someone's like posting the same photo from like 72 different angles, like, like on the gram, on their timeline, on their story, like And then the caption is, just thought I'd post this or might delete later. Like, yo, we know you were just waiting for some dude to pop up and drop some fire emojis. You needed to be esteemed in the moment. That is pride. Uh, Let's let's just be real. Or how about I have somebody on my Instagram, I had to like mute their story. Because they do this interesting thing, like they'll post something or they'll say some, something that is extremely subjective, very political, very outright, very dogmatic. And then what they do is on the next post on their story, they'll say, man, so many people just unfollowed me. I know I've got haters. <laughs> but you don't have haters. People are sick of your post. <laughs> but pride, pride lies to you. It makes you out to to be something you're not or think something that you aren't really made out to think. You you see, also, what about when people, they'll, like, leverage the fact that they've graduated from a certain university or a prestigious college or they create this superiority complex because they have XYZ degree and everyone else is stupid, uneducated, or illiterate. It's because of pride. You see, I want to be clear, though, because... I do believe there is a clear distinction between being pleased by your achievements and finding finding yourself prideful. You see, pride is the most common thing. When you, you begin to see yourself as a gift to the world, when you begin to see yourself as a gift to others, when you begin to see yourself as a gift to God, you are prideful. But the other half of it is this. It's when you... When you see everything you have, everything you are, everything that's been given to you as a gift from God. That's healthy. That's okay. That's perfectly fine in the eyes of God. Pride is when your status, your looks, your wealth, your your giftedness, they have a hold of you and you don't have a hold over it. That's pride. Pride. And it's all those things that have a hold over us and it defines us, and we begin to think that's our identity. That is who we are. And I, I feel like I need to keep saying this. It's okay to have pleasure or find pleasure and be recognized or noticed, but your motive can never be to leverage that over people. Your, your motive can never be to leverage that over people. You see, here's, here's why I'm preaching this message. I'm preaching this message because I know the enemy. The enemy wants to use pride from derail you from walk, derail you from walking in your God-given purpose. The enemy wants to use pride to destroy your destiny. In fact, the enemy, the enemy wants to destroy families with pride. The enemy destroyed my family with pride. The enemy destroyed my parents' marriage because of pride. I just want to be real because I think we don't really look at pride as something that's so serious. We kind of dismiss it. No, in the eyes of God, this is the most deadly sin. And we've got to kill it before it kills us. I just want to be real with somebody tonight because pride, it kills and it destroys. Pride kills and it destroys. I think about it like this, carbon monoxide, you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't feel it, but it kills. Over 400 people a year, they die because of carbon carbon monoxide poisoning. It's not like smoke, you can see smoke, you can smell smoke. You even got smoke detectors. Not a lot of people have carbon monoxide detectors, but this is a moment for you to check yourself and have a detector to say, I do have some pride in my heart that I need to clean up, that I need to confess, that I need to bring to God before it kills me, before it gets a complete hold over my heart. You see, I I love what Proverbs 16 verse 18 says. So simply, pride comes before being destroyed and a proud spirit comes before a fall. C.S. Lewis would say this, Pride is spiritual cancer. Pride is spiritual cancer. You see, pride, it, it can do this. It can decay your soul. It can kill your body. It can kill your mind. It can kill your heart. It can rot you to the core. It's like spiritual cancer. You see, pride is the thing. It's causing you to put up walls in your life and push people out and say I, I don't need people I don't need community I'm too good for them I don't need any help I don't need any support I don't need any friends I don't need a small group I don't need to go to the exchange on Tuesday nights I don't need community it's because of pride you see pride it's, it's telling you that instead of dealing with your issues and getting medical or professional attention and support just self-medicate Just deal with it by yourself. You'll be all right. You'll you'll be just fine. You see, pride, it's it's causing you to harbor resentment. It's, It's causing you to harbor unforgiveness towards someone who hurt you. To someone who lied to you. To someone who betrayed you. To someone who backstabbed you. Or maybe even to someone who abused you. It's causing you to harbor resentment towards that person. I kind of just want to be real to the men in the room. You see, men, pride pride will stop you from finding real love. You see, if men, you, you continue to objectify women, if you continue to just rack up numbers and call them a body count, what you are always doing, instead of seeing a woman for who she is as a soul, as a creation of God, you are objectifying them. You are seeing them as a statistic. You're seeing them as a number. And you will never be able to find true love. Pastor Howe, a couple weeks ago, he spoke about pornography. You see, pride... Pride will keep you from dealing with that issue. It will keep you from dealing with that addiction. So many men, it's a really high statistic. About 70% of men, not just men, but also Christian men, are addicted to pornography, are struggling with pornography. And you see, the thing about pride is, pride, yes, you know that you have an issue. Yes, you know you're addicted to this thing, but pride will continue to tell you I'm just gonna do it one more time and then I'm gonna stop. Just one more time and then it's, it's, that's it, I'm done. But the truth about it is, is you fall into this cycle because pride tells you I can deal with it on my own. I don't need to accept the resources that are provided on the exchange, at the exchange on a Tuesday night. I don't need to find accountability in my life. I don't need to get some help. I don't need to have somebody come and check in on my phone or ask me the hard questions. So you fall into this cycle. You fall into this cycle where pornography just overwhelms you. It becomes a daily habit, a daily rhythm. You see, pride is the thing that's keeping you from getting the help that you need. It's the thing that's keeping you from community. It's the thing that's keeping you from walking in your God-given purpose. You know, as I close, I want you to know this truth. God wants to put an end to your pride. That's what this all hangs on. God wants to put an end to your pride and you could probably put this together from the beginning of the message. The way we do that is by pursuing humility. By pursuing humility, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter five, pursue humility, clothe yourselves in humility. But the question is, how do we practically do that? How do we practically do that? Number one is this, we check our blind spots. We check our blind spots when these thoughts come to mind of man, like I've been really critical or my boss gives me feedback. I'm having a really hard time with feedback. It's a moment for you to check yourself. You you have some pride in your heart that you need to deal with. It's the moments when you realize I've been very, very bitter with some people. I've just been responding to people with a sharp tongue. I'm so bitter, I'm so harsh. Why am I being so bitter? You see, it's a moment for you to realize you're so bitter because you think you're better. You're bitter, you're overly bitter because you wanna be better than everyone else. And the moment that someone new comes onto the scene, you wanna put up the walls. You wanna start disqualifying or writing people off. You gotta check your blind spots. Number two is this, allow others with godly character to speak into your life. How do we pursue humility? We allow others to speak into our life. Those with godly character, Proverbs 12 verse 15, it says the wise listen to others. The wise listen to others. Friends, we can't despise those who will keep it real with us. We can't despise the relationships we have, the godly friends that we have will, that will tell us the hard things that we don't want to hear. Kick it back to history a little bit. In Rome, in ancient Rome, there would be this thing that chief commanders of, of armies, they would get to partake in. It was called the Roman triumph. And in these Roman triumphs, in these moments, there would be a large parade whenever a commander of a certain army and the Roman society would defeat an opposing army. They would throw this parade. There would be civilians on both sides of the street cheering him on, chanting his name, honoring him, celebrating him. And he was probably just so esteemed. And as he's making his way through the city streets, sitting in that wagon or a chariot, all these people are just raging war because they are victorious. But in this picture, you could see there's somebody sitting behind him. There's somebody sitting behind the the commander, the chief that's sitting in that wagon. And the job of that person, theologians believe, they would call him a slave or a servant, and he would hold a crown over that commander's head. And many theologians also believe that his job wasn't just to hold a crown over his head. His job was to whisper into the ear of the commander the words, momento mori. Momento mori. And he would say it over and over and over all throughout this parade that lasted for a long period of time. You see those words, memento mori, it was the slave and the servant reminding the commander in chief that you are mortal. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. This isn't forever. You aren't God. You see, sometimes in life exchange, we need people in our ear that are committed to telling us the things that we don't want to hear. We need people to remind us that we need to get off of our pedestal, that we've been overly prideful, that we've been overly critical, that pride is showing up all throughout our lives. The third one is this. We need to focus on living and looking more like Jesus. We need to focus on living and looking more like Jesus. And I know that's super cliche, but let me just meet you where you are for a second. You see, Jesus is the savior of the world, completely man, completely God, but he presented himself as a servant. He humbled himself. Jesus, he, he lived in a posture of humility. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus being completely man, completely God, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on a cross. You see, Jesus, he would serve. He made his whole life of service. He would heal the sick, feed the hungry, clothe those who were in need. Jesus was all about humility. He modeled it for us. You see, he didn't just serve other people way back when. No, he served you by dying on a cross for your sin. He humbled himself to the point of death and death on a cross. So we say it's important that we live and look more like Jesus. You've got to pursue humility, you've got to get off your pedestal. I want to go back to that story in Luke chapter 18 the moment that I mentioned where you have the Pharisee and the tax collector, we left off where the Pharisee, he started boasting and praying praying this boastful prayer to God about how good he is, how righteous he is. But let's not forget about the tax collector, the one that was despised, the one that was prideful and greedy. The Bible picks up in Luke chapter 18. As we finish, it says this in verse 14. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you, this sinner not the Pharisee so he's referring to the tax collector he returned home justified before God for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted I don't want to skip a verse I'm going to go back to the previous verse you see that man he was exalted he was sent home justified by God that meant God no longer seen him as a sinner he saw him as a son and here's why because as he saw God in that moment, he also saw his sin. He also saw his sin issue. So what did he do? He kneeled down. He began to beat his chest. He began to cry out to God and say, God be merciful to me. The Bible says he didn't even wanna look up into heaven because he saw the perfection of a savior. He admit his sin he turned from his sin. He asked God for forgiveness. And what did God do? God blessed him. God showed him favor. God showed him grace. He sent him home justified. He would no longer be known as a sinner but the son of God. And I want you to know today, maybe you're in the room. And that's your step today. It's to humble yourself. It's to humble yourself to acknowledge, God, I am a sinner. God, I am prideful, God, I know I go about life with my own desires and my own ways, and I fail to acknowledge you. And I want you to know God, he'll no longer see you as a sinner, he'll see you as a son and daughter. So every head bowed, every eye closed all across the room. Maybe there's someone in the room that's just saying, "I I need to take that step, I need to humble myself. I need to give my heart over to God. I need to repent of my sin. I need to seek and ask God forgiveness for forgiveness so I could step into a relationship with him. I wanna give you that opportunity. If you want a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna pray this prayer. All you have to do is repeat after me to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. And this is the thing that gives you that relationship with Jesus. So Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you love me. And you sent your son to die for me. Lord, forgive me of my sin and wash me clean. And from this day forward, I ask you, God, to help me to live a life that's pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.